We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank, member FDIC, Maddie. How are we feeling today after that loss? You know, listen, I didn't really care when the Chiefs lost the Colts. It just is what it was. Bad game. is upsetting. Didn't care. Absolutely didn't care when they lost the Bills. It was a close game versus the best team in the NFL, potentially, and just a few breaks didn't go their way. No big deal. Losing this game in the way it did is definitely a lingerer. This, one, this one's lingering. This one. This one, this one's sticking to you a little bit. This, this is gonna be a long week of interacting on uh, on social media or listening to sports talks uh, on the radio, and I, I would just tune it out. But here's the thing: my hookup for all 22 for college prospects isn't coming in clutch right now. I have nothing new to watch, so all I have to do football wise is to pay attention to this, and it is it is frustrating, Greg. All Maddie wants to do is watch offensive tackles and safeties in the upcoming draft and just kind of satiate his need for yes. college football. And right now, college football is no not playing, and there's no All-22. I mean, I, my heart goes out to you, buddy. It really oh, does. I mean, uh, listen, I feel so bad for you and you specifically I agree. tonight on this very night, bud. I'm, I'm sure there will be... Ample time to to Chiefs to visit this thing, um, you know. So if you have a desire to leave angry comments uh, about this game, we'll throw a few up. We get it. It's a safe space. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a full Chiefs to visit tonight. We'll probably play a little fast and loose, uh, much like the secondary's tackling. Um, <laughs> Wait, where was the fast? I mean, they they failed fast <laughs> and slow. <laughs> Maddie, you had something unplanned or planned that neither Craig or I know about, which normally just ends perfect. Great. It it, it goes great. You mean <laughs> it goes this is wonderful. usually fantastic. This isn't a youthful Regis thing. There is no chance he was going to come on and talk about the Chiefs after that performance. <laughs> like zero chance, no matter how much money I paid him. Uh, okay. 
Here it is. The Chiefs lost this game on exactly four plays, and they weren't in a row, but they were close enough together. But there are four plays that directly result in the Chiefs losing this game, and these four plays show the issue that the Chiefs are going to face in the playoffs that could actually be their demise, like the one thing that could actually stop them from winning a Super Bowl again. Are you, are you guys ready for this? Yeah, right, no, I like this. Yes. Third and three with 409 left in the game. The Chiefs are down three. They call a pass play. Orlando Brown Jr. gets beat. The protection's mixed up. Patrick Mahomes, to no fault of his own, takes a four-yard sack right a second before he hits Juju Smith-Schuster for a big game gain on a broken play, right? Very next play, Andy Reid sends out the field goal unit to kick a field goal of 55 yards to tie the game, giving the Bengals three and a half minutes to go down the field. No mm-hmm. fault of Patrick Mahomes. They take a loss of yards that forces a fourth and seven. Andy says numerous times, the limp? was not a concern. He says, I had no intention or debate of kicking that field goal at all. That happens. Okay. Hold on. Nope. Hold on. The next two plays, the Bengals get the ball back. They're driving down the field, trying to burn out the time. It's second and four with two Oh five left. The Bengals call Uh a pass play. Joe Uh Burrow unexplicably takes a seven yard sack. The, the, The clock is stopping regardless. Throwing it away saves them seven yards. Then they're looking at a third and four, which is a running down to potentially pick up the first down the way the Chiefs defense played and keep the clock running. He takes the sack, loses seven yards. Now because of Joe Burrow's specific play, the play that he messed up on, they're facing the third and 11. You know what the Bengals did? They trusted their damn quarterback to throw the ball in the <laughs> stupidest decision ever on third and 11. If this ball's not complete, it gives the Chiefs over a minute to go down and try to score a touchdown regardless of what happens on this, this field goal, right? They give the Chiefs life based on this decision, but guess what they did? They trusted their quarterback despite him coming off of a negative play that was directly his fault. What did Andy Reid do? He didn't even consider trusting Patrick Mahomes to win this football game. It didn't even cross his mind. You want to talk about something that might come back up again in the playoffs because we've seen it in the past? Andy Reid not being aggressive, turtling up and trusting the wrong parts of this football team, a.k.a. the ones not named Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I, I'm ready, Craig. Can I jump in? I know normally no, we go straight to you. Just dive, dive right in. I'll kick my feet up, buddy. <laughs> Rant might come out. I didn't think Rant was going to come out. <laughs> But Maddie literally found the trigger point. <laughs> Buddy, I've been fuming all day over this, and the more Andy Reid talks, the matter I get. I, I, and here's the thing. I think Andy has this tendency. Well, there's a lot of tendencies Andy has, but I feel like there's this tendency to show confidence in the defense every single time. Like, he just in a, in a regular – it's more like – We'll talk about postseason, and I'll push back a little on the postseason. But in regular regular season situations, there is a high tendency for him to just trust his defense and trust his defensive unit. The thing that bothered me the most, and we talked about a little bit on the postgame, the thing that bothered me the most about the field goal attempt, it's not just, oh, Butker will make it. If he believes Butker is going to make it 100%, great. If if he's he's 100% guaranteed, like they're just going to give you three points, cool. There's three minutes and 17 seconds left on the clock. That's the losing mentality. That's but the hey, can't the they stopped them once in the first half? That's a good point. And they did stop them right at the goal line to to end the first half. There, I mean, because because that, that scenario is totally beneficial to the Chiefs because like I mean, they, all they had to do was get in the field goal range. 
this team is, this, I mean, this team has had, like, that's the thing that's just driving me nuts is this team, like, they, they just have to get in a field goal range. And, and they win the football game. And Evan McPherson's mm-hmm. a better kicker than Harrison Bucker. Because Harrison Bucker's been terrible this year. I just, Andy, it's, there, there's, like, we talk about the cuteness of Andy Reid in the regular season. And, like, there's some gamesmanship. We're going to hold some stuff back, right? There is, you know, a little bit of that at times. There's, okay, sure, you want to build confidence up in your defense. Cool, great, right? But they make it harder on themselves. They make it harder on themselves to achieve the ultimate goal because now they're in a dogfight for the one seed. They lost the one seed. They you gave think up- the Bengals defense feels bad about themselves that they trusted Joe Burrow and not them? Like, do we think that no. the Bengals defense feels bad that they trusted him to throw on third and eleven instead of just saying, "Oh no, the defense has got this." They don't give. They don't care at all. Guess who wouldn't have felt bad? The Chiefs defense. They they would not have cared at all if there was a fourth down play that didn't convert. Guess what? They're just gonna they're gonna go back out on the field. They're gonna do what in the they same did spot? all game long in the same spot. They're gonna do what they did all game long. Yes, Maddie, in the exact same. Well. It's farther away. <laughs> it was farther away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless there was another so, sack and he wasn't I mean, eight yards. <laughs> yeah. So it it's difficult. It's one of those. And I can't remember if this was said in the post game or if we just talked about it in kind of the little scrum that we had after the post game show. But it's scrum. one of those that you, you, if it would have been five yards further away, if that's a 60 yard field goal with three minutes left, they're probably going for it. Like you know, same down no. the distance. Obviously, they might. Oh, okay, they might punt. Yeah, same. They no, might punt no, it, no, 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 no. I'm not talking <laughs> about like on fourth and thirteen or whatever. No, I'm talking about same down and distance, but it's five yards further away from the goalpost. Andy might say, "Listen, okay, well, we don't want to punt because we don't think that our defense is going to come up with the big enough stop here." And obviously, you're down. We don't have a chance to level this. I don't have a high degree of faith that he's going to hit a 60-yarder. Let's go ahead and let Patrick try and do something. And here's the thing. It's far from guaranteed that Patrick Mahomes picks up a fourth and, what was it, seven? Is it fourth and seven on that play? Yes, fourth and seven. You know, you, you can't sit here and say, yep, that's absolutely going to happen. But you feel a lot better going down that way i mean it's just one of those as a team you feel a lot better going down that way because yeah if you tie it up the defense allows a long drive Bengals kick the field goal which you know at that point three minutes left who knows what happens probably unlikely that that the chiefs defense the way that they were playing on this particular game is going to come up with a stop it feels worse almost to be in that scenario rather than get out there try and put some points on the board go up on this team you want to beat this team you circled this game on the calendar you acknowledged that you circled it on the calendar your social media team acknowledged that you circled it on the calendar now you're saying okay we're going to tie we're going to try and push this into overtime or get the ball back late with a chance to get a field goal to go up ahead i mean man that's just a it's a tough pill to swallow when you're staring at it from the standpoint of this is this is the game that you wanted this is the game that you needed obviously doesn't determine the playoffs or the super bowl or anything like that but man it just 
you put that much behind it and then you don't trust your quarterback, the best quarterback in the world, it, it, it's it's rough. And it just looks so much worse when you can li- quite literally pair it up next to the Bengals trusting Joe Burrow. And I get it. It wasn't that fourth it. down. Yeah. It wasn't fourth down when the Bengals decided to throw the ball with him. It was third and 11. But look at the facts. Like if they just run the ball there, that leaves the Chiefs with barely over a minute, right? The Chiefs are going to get the ball with like a minute and 15 seconds left, needing a touchdown with no timeouts if they just run the ball. That's the smart play right there that is like the play that you're going to see 99.9 percent of the time especially coming off a sack where that quarterback just made a really really poor play it was just but the fact that they trusted him immediately to go back out there and throw a slant over the middle of the field into absolutely blanket coverage by joshua williams is asinine when the chiefs were afraid to let mahomes try to go on a fourth and seven for the only and the only reason they don't pick up the third down beforehand was because orlando brown jr got beat really bad the Bengals disguise a blitz they drop out and i don't know if orlando brown jr just simply overset if he expected nick allegretti to adjust to guys dropping out and not completely vacate that gap i don't know who's at fault because i don't know their rules when they call out their protection and then it drops to a three-man rush but kelsey was going to be open Mahomes was about to look the spy defender off to the right, and Kelsey was going to settle in right behind him on the left. It was going to be a first down. There was nobody in the way. Okay, fine. He has to make a second reaction play where he makes Joseph Osai miss because Orlando Brown Jr. got beat so bad. Perfect. He makes the play. This left tackle has absolutely no lateral agility, no reactive athleticism that he can't even get an extra finger on Joseph Osai. Mm-hmm. So when Mahomes starts scrambling and is making a second reaction play, he's about to hit Juju Smith-Schuster breaking back across to the right, most likely, or at the very worst, he's going to run for three yards because there's enough space there to run and pick up this first down. One of those two things is happening. And instead, he gets tripped from behind because Osai doesn't give up. Orlando Brown Jr. has no ability to even attempt to redirect him back up the arc once he lost. It was just a terrible, terrible all-around play from everybody you know, on that left side, whatever the protection call is, but it wasn't Mahomes' fault. And then the Chiefs immediately go, nah, let's kick this one. Let's just kick this one out, think about it. And okay, let's say the limp matters. Call a timeout, get him right and do it again. You're still going to get the ball back with two minutes left if you get a three and out, if you get a stop, which you need it anyway. So like, there was no reason to there was no reason to hunker down then. I just think it was a really poorly managed and Andy Reid's lack of trust or lack of aggression to trust Patrick Mahomes there showed and the Bengals didn't. And I mean ultimately that won them the game for sure. We don't know how it would have ended if it was flipped in any way, shape, or form. Guys, I we gotta take a break here real quick because we have something very, very, very important to uh to talk about here. And thank you to everybody that's watching right now. Um have something very important we want to talk about. We're selling raffle raffle tickets through tomorrow for the Soul of KC holiday raffle and toy drive. You can purchase through the KC Sports Network Venmo account. One ticket is twenty dollars. Ten tickets is a hundred dollars. You can also you can have lunch with Colin Saunders. You can win a Patrick Mahomes jersey. Uh, there's a ton of other stuff that you can see. You know you can see of all they're all right here. All the money raised goes to buying presents for Operation Breakthrough's Christmas store. Uh, they're, they're a great organization. We're really excited to be helping them again. And here's the thing. Our goal has been to raise $20,000, and we are just shy of that. We're about a, th- a little over $1,000 shy of that right now. Um, so, um, Or a few thousand dollars shy right now. So just buy some tickets. Um, you get a chance to win some really, really cool stuff. Help some kids in the process. 
Find all the details on our social channel at KC Sports Network. The description of this show is going to have that as well. We're trying to raise $20,000 for Operation Breakthrough. And if you ever get a chance to go there, you'll understand why we are so passionate about trying to raise money uh, for some wonderful kids here in the KC area. So um, some opportunities there. You can click uh, click out and, and donate. Um, if we get some uh, donations, we'll, we'll try to shout them out um, potentially today too as well. So um, thank you all for, if you have donated, really, really appreciate it. It's super, it's such, it's just a really cool cause. Uh, we'll be buying a bunch of stuff for kids uh, later this week. So all that being said, please, uh, thank you. Please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button if you're watching this as well. Leave some comments. We'll try to get some comments up later in the show because we're all raging right now. Uh, we're all furious. Um, I just it does it just feels like there's a game or two like this where Andy Reid makes it harder than it needs to be. And that's like my kind of final thoughts on this. It's you know position yourself to be the one seed. And like I know that things have worked out for this football team and they've hosted the last four AFC Championship games, but like it doesn't have to be as hard as it makes as they make it on themselves. Sometimes I think some of the decision making definitely plays into that factor. And Andy Reid, I think this 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 team's losses have fallen on the defense plenty of times, and the defense needing a stop, and they don't do it. And so I just I don't know. It's really frustrating. I, I this is a game you go. I, I think you you go be a little bit aggressive. You break some tendencies, right? Um, go go be aggressive a little bit here. Try to go win the football game and they didn't. Because like, I mean, like we talked about this is the last major test for this football team if they come out of with a, a W. We'll see what the confidence looks like of this team coming out of this game. Because you guys have been talking about it a lot. This They circled this game. There's some clear angst, some some clear anxiety um, about, about playing the Bengals and you weren't good enough. You put the game on the pedestal when you put a game on the pe pedestal, you fall farther. You fall harder. And here we are against a lethargic Denver Broncos team next week with a great defense. Great defense, by the way. Great defense. Maddie, I don't hate I don't I don't mind you saying it's a trap game because you've gotta have questions about how this team's gonna respond now. I mean I don't even know if it's a trap game. I just I think it's a hangover game. I think they put a lot into the Bengals game and they came out of it out. I will say this. I think what the Chiefs have going for them that I think helps them out, the offense played very good. The offense was really good. We're, we're a fumble away and Travis Kelsey in a long rumble away from like any of this stuff about being aggressive Andy down the stretch not mattering, right? And like, yes, the, the great play by Jermaine Pratt to rip that ball out. Like, I don't want to take anything away from him, but that's not a play that you're ever going to expect to see again as Kelsey's running down the seam, dragging this linebacker along with him because he can't bring him down, right? That's, I don't want to say fluky. It's just a not normal play to happen. We're that fumble away from not having like any concerns over what the Chiefs offense did in this game. So the yeah. offense played well, and the Chiefs defense was a complete and utter dumpster fire. Nothing about it besides Trent McDuffie and Joshua Williams were good, right? Like that's the only thing that was good. So I don't know if there's going to be a hangover. Like this is a complete, you need to go look in the mirror and figure out what's wrong because there's not like a, oh, we were this close to having them. No, no, no. You weren't even on the same, you weren't playing the same sport as what the Bengals offense was. Like it's a complete gut check for you guys. So there is a chance I think that this works out without causing a hangover, despite still being an unfortunate game that was put on a pedestal that they fell short on. 
That said, am I surprised if they come out very flat versus the Broncos and sluggish? No, I'm not surprised. It's just I can see a path to where they use this more of a springboard because the offense was clicking versus a very good defense that was doing a lot of stuff to attack them. And they had a lot of counters to it. That gives hmm. offense was good. Play calling was good. Aggressive Andy in terms of a play caller was there. It's like, I'm not concerned about that side of it. It's just a matter of, does the defense now fold or do they really look at themselves and figure it out? And I think being a complete and total failure, you have no option but to look at yourself and figure out what went wrong. There have been times this season that the defense has not looked good. I'm not not trying to say that they've been great this season by any means. But it would be bad for a couple of drives. They'd make some adjustments. They'd fix it. They, they would come out and they'd play a little bit differently and it would be a tale of two halves. And that's what we've seen more of this season out of the defense. So looking at it from that point of view, this is the first one that I think all game long, you looked at it and you went, woof, like that's, that's just rough. All, you know, from start to finish, it was rough. And so from that perspective, you know, trying to put a little silver lining on this, you can say it's probably more of an anomaly this season than it is the rule. Now, again, I'm not saying they're a great defense by any means, but situationally they have had moments and there were no situational moments this week. And I think you can point directly to that lack of intensity, the lack of ability to bring guys down short of the sticks when you get your hands on them, taking improper angles, just not what we've seen at all from this defense it was so uncharacteristic so yes from that point of view wanting to get back on the field wanting to play a bad offense and beat up on them if you're this defense is maybe the best medicine that you can have after a performance like that now nobody should be writing home anything after beating up on a denver broncos offense because they're they're awful they are truly truly awful on offense there but it is a game that you can point to as maybe, okay, let's ride the ship a little bit more. Let's try and take advantage of what we know we can do again. Let's do a better job rushing the passer. Let's do a better job tackling. Let's raise that intensity again for a divisional game. So again, from that point of view, I I, I think that because of the way it went down, it actually may prevent them from going into that hangover mode after one of those that doesn't mean there's going to be a blowout victory it's a divisional game things get wonky in the afc west but it is one that i think this defense will want to get back on the field and prove that they can do something and this offense will want to prove that they can beat up on another really truly great defense and get the good plays out try and reestablish things and reestablish patrick mahomes as the front runner for the mvp again uh, just real quick, I uh, want to shout out Zach Eisen, our guy, uh, Chris Carpenter as well, making donations tonight. Uh, I'm getting updates from uh, Christian Gumminger as we are talking right now. So we will be giving anybody that donates to the Sola Casey raffle uh, a shout out during the show. Would really, really appreciate uh, your support because we are, uh, the update I have, we're $1,200 away from our goal. I think $20,000 going to Operation Breakthrough. Let's um, do the damn thing. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, okay, so uh, plenty to talk about on the defensive side. Let's linger there a little bit longer. I, I've got some thoughts on the offense. Um, we'll get there, I maybe. Um, we'll see. But <sighs> I, I the, the, the elephant in the room right now, tackling. 
just abhorrent tackling, just terrible tackling. And the thing is, I was looking at some missed tackle stats. Everybody shares a piece. There was like six or seven mm-hmm. Chiefs with more than one missed tackle on the day. It felt like a few guys had more than they did. But that's one thing that really, I mean, I, that's not getting better. It's never going to get better. I, and I don't know if there's an answer to it, Maddie. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know who specifically is in charge of who's teaching tackling in the Chiefs like positional room, right? It's not Steve Spagnuolo. Someone's going to, I know that's going to be the first piece and people want to attack. Does he oversee who's in charge of this? Sure, but... I would assume the positional coaches for each position, your linebackers, your defensive line room, and your DBs coach are teaching tackling, but you're going to have a some fundamentals that the whole team agrees on is what to do, and you're probably going to follow similar sets of what you want to do. You go watch any Seahawks training camp footage or 49ers or some of these teams that are known good tacklers, you will see everybody on the field kind of tackles the same way. You want to watch teach tape tackling Watch anything Georgia has ever done because any player that is on that football team, I don't care if he just got there as a f- underage freshman who somehow got there in the spring is going to know how to tackle properly. The Chiefs have absolutely positively no idea how to frame up ball carriers and drive through the tackle. They are horrible at it. Nick Bolton is an excellent, excellent, excellent tackler. He's a big hitter too when coming downhill, but even if you watch him attempt to frame up guys, he doesn't frame them up super well all the time. When he does miss tackles or gets, you know, lets guys pull him forward, it's his short arms don't allow him to completely corral somebody and he kind of has to drag them to the ground because they don't frame up and run their hips through the opposite hip or whatever of a ball carrier. Nobody on the team tackles well. Nobody tackles with just what you're going to call textbook form unless they're already flying downhill and that's a different, you know, scenario of a surprise hit. And that's just that starts at the top. I mean, that's a Steve Spagnuolo thing. Has to look at it and figure out how to switch it. I can't tell you what he's telling you know his positional coaches to do. I can't tell you where the disconnect. If it starts with him and ends with him, if it trickles somewhere else. But I watch too many teams in the NFL have sure tacklers. I watch too many college football teams have sure tacklers to figure out how the Chiefs through the last almost decade of different defensive coordinators, different positional coaches, just be an absolute terrible tackling football team to the eye test. It drives me insane. I mean, yeah, you had 14 missed tackles yesterday. 14! <laughs> like, that is that is outrageous. The Chiefs now have 57 on the year. Now, that does not lead the NFL. There are teams, believe it or not, that are worse at it but 14 missed tackles in a game it's no wonder the the Bengals were constantly ahead of the sticks they were constantly finding success on it It didn't matter which down it was they were able to convert stay ahead of the sticks and yeah it's no wonder that the Chiefs could not get off the field because here's the thing like typically we sit down after a game like this we try and break down some of the schematics and stuff like that schematics don't really matter if if you can't make a tackle like dudes in the right spot. Like, I mean, it, it, now middle of the field's wide open, but you know, we can't, we can't really, <laughs> we'll we can't get there. really go that far. We can go into that, but we can't really go that far into it because the middle of the field stuff wouldn't have mattered if the chiefs would have tackled. Like they, they would have come up with more stops. They would have taken points off the board. Like there are going to be deficiencies in every defense. The game revolves around the offense it is built to favor the offense everybody knows that penalties show it everything shows it it is built to favor the offense 
Defense is going to naturally have some deficiencies in it, but you shoot yourself in the foot when schematically you are in the right place and schematically you are sniffing things out and not making the play. It happens. It definitely does. It's not something that's a deal breaker, but it is when you do it 14 times. Like that's, that's absolutely insane that there were 14 missed tackles by this defense. And I think all of us remember every one of them. Like that's the thing. They were all <laughs> that big. Like you're not even looking yeah. at it, looking down the list of the players that missed tackles and going, oh, I don't remember him having one. You're like, yep, I remember both of those. I remember both of those. Like they were crucial moments and crucial plays where they were in the right spot and just couldn't make the play. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know what else I want with all this tracking data? Give me yards after contact just like per play or whatever. Oh, because even when the Chiefs make tackles, <laughs> even when the Chiefs make tackles, it's an extra two plus yards every Easily. single time. So like I sorry to cut you off, kid. Just like we have the technology now. You got GPSing and everything, like everything's being tracked. Literally, give us, give us yeah. yards after contact because I want to see what what the opponents of the Chiefs are getting post contact. And even even if you just want to count on like the actual tackle yards after the tackler makes contact, even not just broken tackles, just as the tackler makes contact, Chiefs versus their opponent. Because I guarantee you, the opponents is higher. Like there's no chance that <laughs> these that the Chiefs tackle on the spot any worse than anybody else in the NFL. There's a lot of tackles made with the back turned to the line of scrimmage like being dragged you know away there's a lot of that a lot of because like there's there's the, sometimes like tackles sometimes a tackle is a guy late to where he's supposed to be at times and is holding on for dear life because he's a step too slow dragging and his little back is turned to the line of scrimmage there's Remake something Wilson. going on uh in the middle of the field and then I look at something like Joshua Williams, like, and this is like, look, I, I think Joshua Williams was, if you're listing the problems, I, he's not very high to me on, on the list of, of problems for this football team. I actually think he played well. We talked about it. Mm -hmm. We gave him some credit because he deserves it. I think he's one of the guys, I think he, all things considered, I think he played pretty well. Oh, Craig. Wants and he's to beating himself up after the game too. I love like, That's the so other much. thing. Like tweet now is like, man, that's on me. That's fully on me. It's like, bro. Brother, you I love there. that guy. Like, <laughs> I, I, he did, I'm a bigger, I'm a bigger fan because of it, because there's some ownership there in a guy that was far from this team's problem. 
uh, taking some ownership and just and leading from that. That's a rookie, by the way, doing that. But anyways, like some like there was a tackle down on the sideline where you know Josh he wrapped up it four yards and kind of pulled him to eight. And there's plenty of tackles like that. I don't know if it's trying to hold guys up to try to make some plays on the football at times. If they teach a little bit of that, hoping that there's guys rallying to the football, which wasn't happening this week, well, just, by like, the way. They have forced but, zero turnovers. I know. I, I, like, I know. I know. I'm not saying it's a good strategy, but I wonder <laughs> if that's a little bit of it. And I just like, because like this team doesn't make plays on the football very often. You know, it doesn't like this isn't a team that's so are they trying to manufacture some more by holding up, def, you know, holding up guys and trying to, you know, rip the football out a little bit? I don't know. But like the technique just it it it's lacking. So even like even the tackles being made to your point, Mac, that, that's kind of where like even the tackles being made are not productive tackles sometimes. And it's like you don't get you, you tackles are a stat where you can get credit for your defense being bad you can get credit for being a step late still where the tackles are happening matters sometimes too. And where the tackle ends matters a lot. And that's the thing that was so frustrating about this game is four yards was turning into eight and set. Like, again, I, we made the joke. I, they lived, the Bengals were like living in like a second and two, like just thriving. Mm-hmm. Just, there was no, like, so even like the, the for, chance to chance to get, two yards on three downs kind of stuff. Just I, it happened plenty during that game. So just very, very frustrating. Um, and yeah, I mean, Justin Reed filling the alley, getting bought by Samaje P-, P Ryan just adds to it. The thing like, the thing is, is like the, the, the tackling style this team employs does not match the mouths being run during the week. Because they're they're not the aggressor ever. They catch, they kind of catch guys a little bit. It's just, it's disappointing. Anything about the tackling that we need? Any, anything else about I mean, the tackling? I, listen, I, other than I and I, I agree with what Maddie said about Nick Bolton. Nick's coming downhill. He'll hit. Like I, yeah, I, I yes. don't think he's a catch tackler. But you can I, only I, I do don't... that. You can only get him so many times in that kind of situation. Correct. And but, he's sitting yeah. there flat footed half the time. You that can't employ his part. best skill set. We didn't see the things that he has been so good at over the past four or five weeks. Like we saw the run blitzes earlier on in the season to try and get him in the backfield, trying to get him to make mm-hmm. an impact. Then over the last four or five weeks, he has been excellent reading the play. He hasn't been flat-footed. He's been playing downhill. And then this week, out of the blue, it's completely flat-footed. And it's not that he's trying to gain more depth to try and cover the middle of the field because we all know that didn't happen. We, it's not that he's, you know, that they're putting a ton on his plate there. Like this is some of this stuff was just standard concepts. And I, I don't, again, I don't know if it's a, a terrified to not make a play feeling like it's a playoff atmosphere, feeling like this game is so much bigger than it actually was, but it was just different for Nick this week. And again, we'll see, turn around, beat up on the Broncos, play better, all of a sudden, we can kind of we can put that away as just kind of an anomaly here. But this week was bad from that perspective. I think that there was a little bit of at times with certain players a lack of trust in the rest of their group. Oh, that could to, be to do what they are supposed to do. Like I think, but and maybe with Joshua Williams, it was just a boneheaded. He's going out and trying to make a play. But like I, 
he he's got to keep outside leverage on that third and five to Jamar Chase. He's got to maintain and set that edge on. You know, he tried to slip it almost and in, in cut inside, and they had plenty of guys to rally to the football. Can't say that they were going to make the tackle because they didn't. But I mean, I, I think I, I think they were going to make it. I think there was some plays too with I, there was a couple times with Bolton. I think he didn't look like he trusted everybody up front too. I don't think I, mean, I don't want to absolve him entirely because I don't think that's entirely it, honestly. But I think there was a couple plays where he didn't trust, you know, that some guys were going to be playing their gaps appropriately either uh, in front of him. That's just kind of the look I had at times. But what are you going to say, Matthew? I was okay. So I I'm with Craig here, and that I think we were getting a very stark uphill uh, turnout from Bolton and, and Willie Gay to the last couple weeks. They were getting better and better and better, and this game seemed like a stark regression back to what it was when we had questions about them to start the year and trying to figure out why they were maybe regressing. Why aren't they as good as the year before? This looked a lot like the Raiders game, and I'm thinking about it now. And the schemes were different, but a lot of what the Bengals did was they moved their guards a lot. They ran a lot of double teams, a lot of duo stuff, and they had a lot of pullers. I It makes me think back to watching when I was looking at Nick Bolt when the Chiefs drafted him coming out of Missouri. I questioned how good he was at reading a guard versus just reading the ball carrier. How well did he read an offense based on reading the blocking scheme and not reading the ball? And in college, that's very normal. It's a lot easier to get an 18-year-old kid, teach him to read the running back or the ball and how to play that properly. Nick Bolton was good at that. I do think that he struggled coming out with reading the blockers. And now all of a sudden, you're getting a team that is running traps. They're running power. They're running duo. They're giving you a lot of different stuff out of their Mm -hmm. offensive linemen. And I just wonder if it was kind of like an overload of what am I seeing from the offensive line as he's still trying to properly learn how to read it and how to diagnose what's happening from the blocking scheme and not the running back. There's a couple I mean, that trap play that happened that P Ryan went the opposite way. Nick Bolton was so wrong on it that the guy climbing to him overshot him because mm-hmm. Bolton went so far outside the left tackle and the run was to the right. But it's because the blocking scheme says if you're just looking at a surface level, it's going to the left. Now, this means that he can get better at it. This doesn't mean it's a permanent thing. It was a rough game. We can talk about it. And then I just wanted to position like there might be a reason for hope that it won't happen again. I wonder if this particular blocking scheme in the rush game, the run game from the Bengals was really a lot for Mm. Willie Gay and Nick Bolton to decipher because they weren't seeing this as frequently. And it's maybe a little bit harder Then we don't need to talk too much about it, but it's not like they were getting any help from their safeties that were supposed to be filling other alleys. Like those two. I was going to say the, the, the safeties are so much a part of the run fit. And so is the slot defender in the chief scheme like they are active participants in the run fit and yikes just yikes, yikes. um I, I, we are to the point now where i wouldn't mind seeing brian cook i see some some comments in the chat here i wouldn't mind seeing brian cook rotate in some series you're giving darius harris some looks give brian cook some looks like oh. seriously give, give him well. some, some drive. <laughs> Let it let him sort it out. I, I I'd mean, rather see Brian run. Cook at linebacker than Darius sure. Harris. Right no, now. that's fine. I, I know everybody's going to say that. I'm just using that as an example. I know. They are, I just they are rotating guys in and giving other guys looks. Give Brian Cook some looks in the dime. We have seen as Bagnola has gone along this year, he has looked at some four safety dime looks with that three three defensive line stuff. More of a quarter, I guess, is what you call it, but putting Bush and Brian Cook on the field together. And frankly, those two have been fine. Not great, but fine. And so 
I, I don't know. I, I am to the point now where give him some drives, see what you got. You know, Spags has done this before when Juan Thornhill was a rookie. Gave him some drives here and then, like, trot him out there, see what you got. Because, I mean, we, we saw Cook in training camp, and it was rough at times, but he's been okay this season with what they have asked him to do so far. And frankly, I don't know how much worse it can get. Out well, there. I've seen Brian Cook. Brian Cook will hold an ankle. If he's ankle tackling, he'll complete the he'll complete the tackle. He'll hold on long enough at least for that for someone to come help him too. Like he's actually Cincinnati's one of those college programs that tackles well. Luke Fickle had those guys tackling well. It's not, not even necessarily a hitter, but guess what? They're getting you down. And Brian Cook was kind of the epitome of that at, at he, Cincy. So yeah, he, he was a very very good tackler coming out. The thing that like the 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 comparison, like I feel like Juan Thornhill's snap count was a lot higher than Brian Cook's was when they made the switch to Thornhill as the full time starter, and that's the only thing that's like a little bit tricky is like Brian Cook doesn't have the reps to be trusted in its entirely, and that could fall on Steve Spagnuolo's tendency to play veterans. Uh, boy, that's really going. Well. I mean, if he's it's like it's like you've got to hold. It's almost like you got to hold him hostage a little bit. <laughs> To, to let him play. Hey, we're going to trade Rashad Fitton and Jalen Watson's going to be your third, your fourth quarter. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like Moneyball. Hey, they, we're uh, cutting Dan and Ben. Yeah. Get over it. Move Sorry. on. Yeah. Go out with Wait, somebody can we, else. Can we undo that? <laughs> <laughs> can we undo that? Yeah, maybe. Um, hey, hit the like button and hit the subscribe button if you're watching. And I we're gonna pause really, really quick here because I there's a lot of you on because halftime of this game is on, and I really want y'all to to if you can help us with the uh the soul of KC uh holiday raffle and toy drive that we are doing. You donate at the KC Sports Network Venmo. It's at KC Sports Network. One ticket gets you twenty dollars, ten tickets get you a hundred dollars. All of the proceeds go to Operation Breakthrough. We are $1,200 away from our goal of achieving $20,000 for an absolutely wonderful cause uh, at Operation Breakthrough. They have a Christmas store. It's going to help um, underprivileged families you know, get presents for kids, also get a lot of necessities for kids that they may not have, or may not have had if not for this. It's a really, really cool cause. We love doing it. Um, if you ever get, again, if you ever get out to operation breakthrough, you will understand why we're so passionate about it here as well. So we're so close. Uh, we will be shouting out anybody that gives a donation here in the next, uh, for the remainder of the show. Um, but please consider helping because we are very, very close. All kinds of great prizes. Um, you can literally win lunch with Colin Saunders, uh, Patrick Mahomes Jersey. Um, there's an autograph Creed Humphrey stand up sign, like just all kinds of really, really cool stuff. So please consider donating. Uh, while you're all here, we're really, really close to this goal. So would really appreciate that. Um, coverage in the middle of the field was horrendous. Uh, our guy, Zach Eisen, if you saw, he posted, a, there was a, uh, some NFL next-gen stats. And if you just look at the middle of the field <laughs> and the success that they had completing passes in the middle of the field, outside the numbers weren't really tested quite nearly as much. But I just partially they, just, they feasted in the middle of the field, Matthew. Like nothing about the safeties and linebackers. They were wrong running, they were wrong pass, and they weren't executing across the board. Just absolutely horrendous. But what are you supposed to do? 
uh, we spent all last year after two games crying that they didn't add safety help to the outside corners. And so they <laughs> did that more this game and they, they get did. torched over the middle of the field. And it was like, Hey guys, if anyone's watched the Bengals the last six weeks, guess where Joe Burrow's throwing the ball a little bit better this year over the middle oh, of the field. Cool. He didn't want yeah. to do it last year. He hated throwing over the middle of the field. And this year he's doing it pretty well lately. So the chiefs come out and I, I don't blame them. They were adding help to Jamar chase and T Higgins on the outside. I mean, guess who still were the best two receivers for the Bengals in the game, Jamar Chase and T Higgins. Now, yes, some was over the middle, but they won a little bit on the outside too. So like you kind of had to pick your poison and then live with the rest. And you have two rookie corners, one of which is a late day three pick or a day three pick. The other one is giving up six inches and 25 pounds to either receiver, right? So like, yeah, it makes sense to put your help that can help those guys a little bit. That's going to leave you a little lighter in the middle of the field. The Chiefs couldn't just go out there and dime every single play to get a better, another DB on the field because they were getting a run all over as well. It's like they were, they kind of had their hands tied. So I don't want to be too critical because I do think they were put in a really hard spot the way the Bengals were playing, the way that they were going about their business and like the, the issues the Chiefs had facing it. That said, can one person make a play over the middle of the field? Like just one. And I guess it's not fair. Juan Thornhill did make one and they called Trent McDuffie for a very, very weak pass interference. But like one, just give, give me a play. Just one play to make the Bengals even question throwing over the middle of the field. Like what the Chiefs best play on a pass over the middle of the field was McDuffie tackling Chase like on a slant, a completed slant. But like was that their best play over the middle of the field was on a cover zero him making that tackle, like they they were just were bad. But I don't, oh, yeah. I can't yeah. say I blame them. I mean, Will, Willie Gay Jr. knocking down a pass. Nah, oh yeah, he, he did do that. Super middle of the field there, but that ball was going to the middle of the field. Now it, it's that yes, and that's that's where this whole thing is. Spags has been so good. He subscribes to the same philosophy that Bill Belichick. Nick Saban subscribed to you muddy up the middle of the field and you force throws outside the numbers. And yes, we went into this game talking a little bit about this. Maddie and I kind of brought up that, Hey, maybe you shift the safeties out a little bit wider, try and play, you know, some sort of Tampa role. So you can try and still muddy up the middle of the field, but you can protect the corners. They definitely shift the safeties wider. They protected the corners. Good on you spags for that. But then the middle of the field didn't have anybody. Like, it's not that they they weren't even feigning it. They weren't even attempting to get there. It was just not there. And Spags is kind of the king of getting into that two-robber. Like, he's so good at getting into it from multiple different alignments with multiple different players, slot guys dropping to basically that high hole or dropping all the way back to safeties with a late backside rotation to try and confuse some of what the quarterbacks are reading. A lot of those guys read the backside safety and try and determine what the coverage is from that. And if you see that safety coming downhill, they're going to go, hey, y'all, this is cover three. No, instead, Spagnuolo rotates it into a two-robber thing. We didn't see any of that. Like, that's not what we saw. Instead, we saw a lot of the wide safety looks. We saw a lot of, you know, man underneath. And, I mean, I'm fine with being physical on some of these receivers because uh, the Chiefs' corners, honestly, did pretty well with physicality underneath. But they didn't have anything in the middle of the field. And, yeah, like, like we've talked about multiple times now over the past week, this Bengals offense isn't just go ball, go ball, go ball anymore. They they are attacking every level. There's a lot more complexity to this offense, and they just kind of left the middle of the field wide open. It's just atypical from Spagnolo. He definitely subscribes to a completely different scenario than what we saw yesterday. He tried to throw a little bit of a curveball. 
ends up biting him a little bit in the ass because of that. So that that sucks. But I think next time these two teams see each other in January, February, whenever it is, I do expect that we're going to see a little bit more diversity in the middle of the field because they're just not going to allow that to happen over and over again like they did this week. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Well, I think you saw the stress it put on the linebackers to be able, and I think I, I think we even talked about that a little. Bit. I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna mention this when we um, the game preview is like, okay, yeah, you, you're gonna try to give a little bit more help outside the numbers. That puts a little bit more stress on those linebackers, and the athleticism at the linebacker position gets exposed a little bit, and the athlete at the linebacker position couldn't read the anything to save their life. So you look like the reason Darius Harris was playing is because. Willie Gay was all over the place and sl- slow to react. Nowhere. Didn't know where he was dropping near. didn't know where he was robot into at times, like just all over the place. And so the athleticism that they have at that position is, was not being equipped to, sh- was not able to show itself. And then that puts you in a spot where you've got guys that are not great athletes trying to cover potentially trying to govern for Willie Gay at, at times. We'll have to check that out a little bit too. But I just, it, it's a lose-lose situation structurally for this defense too. Uh, and sure, funnel, I mean, you know, funnel a little bit more to the to the, to the middle of the field and hopefully your pass rush gets a little bit, a little bit more, gets home a little bit more, whatever. Like that's, that's the other piece of this that we're not talking. We're talking about all this stuff in the back seven maybe a little bit of this gets uh, eliminated or, or get, we don't have to be talking as much about all this stuff. If the pass rush gets home, but the problem is I don't know if there's a solution. If Chris Jones isn't hot that day, I, I, yeah. I don't, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no chance that this group I don't think is going to improve from today to January where we're going to just see, you know, uh, 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 an elite pass rush just form or, or a functional pass rush just form. I mean, and it's unfair to turn to Chris Jones and say, Hey buddy, let's go. It's just you. I mean, like, and I get that we were talking about him as an all pro pro player, defensive player of the year. Guys like that take games over and everything like that. Sure. Yes. That, that could still be true, but it's also unfair to say, to say, you are our pass rush. We're going to try and get some other ancillary stuff here and there. We're going to try and blitz a little bit. We're going to try and do a little bit more. But, Chris, it's really going to rely on you every time we're four-man rushing here to affect the passer, to force protection your way so that we can get one-on-ones across the board. It's just that's a lot to ask of any player, no matter how good. And, I mean, he. He's been doing it all year, so I understand why they've continued to do it because he's having a hell of a year. But on a day where he wasn't doing it, like I know that you know now all of a sudden everybody's talking about the pass rush and how non-existent it is. You know, over the past you know, three weeks when they had 13 sacks, like everybody was, hey, yeah, the pass rush is doing great and it's all great because teams were focusing on Chris and other guys were winning. Chris doesn't have the same game; other guys aren't winning. Now the pass rush is terrible again and on all that. It, it does all revolve around Chris, and it just sucks when when he can't have a game like that because it just flows down through everybody. 
I mean, Joe Burrow was getting the ball at two and a half seconds, which That's, is right I, now bef- before the game, before this week ends. Oh no, Tom Brady's even in here halfway through through their game. Uh, that is fifth fastest this week. So it's not as if the Bengals were giving a Chiefs pass rush that doesn't have any speed outside of Christian. Get your hands up. Of- yeah, especially <laughs> especially if things are in the middle of the field. Outside of Chris Jones, they don't have anybody that can win quickly in that regard. So, I mean, that makes some sense. And then I do think we can all point to, I think, a couple plays where it seemed like Joe Burrow did, in fact, have all day, and it didn't matter. The few times the Chiefs did get pressure, it seemed like the person getting pressure or somebody else had to get out of their rush lane, and he was able to you know, get away, which is a credit to him. I also think... Joe Burrow is incredibly comfortable sitting in the pocket while it starts to collapse around him. If you are not going to force him to drop deep and give your edge rushers a better chance up the arc, you're going to have a hard time getting pressure with him with your defensive ends. And Chris Jones is great. He's been phenomenal this year. He is going to prefer to go around blockers more often. He's going to go through them. It doesn't mean he can't bull rush somebody, but you want to give Chris Jones an outside arm over and let him win on the outside of a guard. He's going to take it. But the thing is, if you do that and you're not getting any push from the other side, you're not giving Burrow a reason to step back. He's completely okay sitting in that tight space to deliver a ball. And when it's coming out in two and a half seconds, that second reaction part of Chris Jones rush or anyone else doesn't really have time to get home. So it's weird to say, we think the cornerbacks kind of played all right. We think the pass rush certainly wasn't good, but there was, you know, maybe some other reasons for it. And it was the ball was coming out and like, well, where's the ball coming out so fast? over the middle of the field. Like they couldn't even slow down for a little bit stuff. It's just, I think the Bengals are a really tough matchup for the chiefs for multiple reasons. I think we saw it again because this wasn't how the chiefs lost the last games. This wasn't how the chiefs defense lost the last two games against the Bengals. It was entirely different. And the Bengals did whatever they wanted to do. If you combine all three games, the Bengals have now beat the chiefs defense in every single way imaginable. They have no answer, right? They have, they simply have as right now have no answer. It's a nightmare matchup. The answer is don't fumble. The answer is don't, don't fumble. Don't There's try 55 no, yard field goal down by three with three minutes left. Yard. Yeah. I mean, it's like all that. And there, it wasn't like this was a blowout. We, we, we are acting like it's a blowout. There's just, there wasn't a ton of answers on defense. We probably need to get out of here. Cause it's been 51 minutes. So some quick, those closing thoughts. And we haven't talked about the offense. I will say this. I don't think there was any ounce of panic on the offensive side of the football. There wasn't a skittishness about the way that game was being played and how the Bengals were dictating how that game was going to be played. The Bengals dictated it. And the Chiefs, and credit Patrick Mahomes, he responded, I thought, wonderfully to how that game was being played. You know, the the Bengals try to throw some different things at you. They tried, they tried to, they tried to heat him up with some pressure, and he made him pay over the top with some big explosive plays. I don't think there was any panic to how this team operated offensively. They still were very, very good. That offense was going to be good. And I think is there's no fault of the offense in that game. I don't think largely, except for the fumble. I, I think that's the, like, the, that's the only thing that I can really point to where I'm just like super frustrated. I think Mahomes had everything else under control. Uh, even, you know, okay, maybe, maybe Orlando Brown. But I just I don't think there was a ton of panic to how that game was was handled. Where I think there's been a little bit more pressing from this offense the last two times that these two teams played. So that was an encouraging sign for me. Get a few things cleaned up off, you know, defensively. Travis Kelsey's not going to fumble the ball the next time that these team two, two teams play. So that's that's my closing thoughts on the offense. Maddie, anything you want to close on? 
Yeah, Trey McDuffie, stud. We got the Washington shirt on. Listen, we got we to end this on a little bit of a high note. We still got to quickly get through, you know, butt slaps and helmet stickers and vodka and stuff. But closing thoughts, corner, rook, defensive rookie cornerbacks played really well. I thought Trent McDuffie was absolutely excellent. The way he was squeezing the sideline anytime those big receivers tried to go vertical, I'm like, okay, you want to go elevate and make a catch? Cool, you're going to get zero feet in bounds because I've taken away every ounce of space you have. I know I can't compete at the... We wanted to use this game to see if he could compete at the high at the top of the catch. Guess what? He said, "I don't even need to try. I'll just scooch you on out of bounds every single time." Back you up, yeah. I will just squeeze you to the sideline every single time. And I, I think Jamar Chase, like he tried to say, "Oh no, there was a safety on my side." Like, yeah, he got some safety help over the top, but I think he was a little surprised how much space that Big Duffy was taking away from him, and he was saying he, they were playing him different. And Chase had a good game. He had ninety-seven yards. He just didn't come on. McDuffie except for the one cover zero play on the slant so great game for McDuffie I couldn't have been more impressed with him I actually loved the way he played in that one I just had to get that in here at some point in time because he he looks like a stud every week he looks like a stud okay so defense plays off we've, we've been harping on that now for for the past 24 hours before we turn the page here defense awful not a whole lot of redeeming qualities outside of some of the rookie corners here just absolutely awful. Offense shoots himself in the foot with a Kelsey fumble late in the game. Andy Reid's a little passive late in the game against a very good Bengals team playing at home that brought out a lot of their good stuff, dealt a lot of stuff at the Chiefs, especially on defense. And this was a three-point victory that we are all ruining the fact that the Chiefs didn't go ahead and win. They lost on the road. I'll, a lot, a lot had to go wrong for the Chiefs to lose this one by three. And frankly, there's only a couple of things that I can point to for the Bengals where I go, well, that didn't go very right for them. And a dropped wide open touchdown that was an OPI that was uncalled, but a dropped wide open touchdown. But we can go ahead and chalk that one right up with the Juan Thornhill interception if you want to go ahead and, and chalk that up there. So three points. Sky's not falling. This team's still good. The defense is going to play better than this. It sucks losing to another AFC opponent that is near the top because now that's kind of a trend this year. Turn around, handle business for the rest of the year, see how it shakes out, and get them back. Let's do the let's do the whole revenge tour thing that they did in 2019, where they lost to a whole bunch of teams and then just came back, beat them in the playoffs, went ahead to the Super Bowl. That was a fun one. Let's do that again. You're probably going to have to go through the Bengals and the Bills to get to the Super Bowl. Yep. That's, I think, where we're at right now. It is stickers, slaps, spirits, and game balls time. If you're in the comments, leave a game ball. We'll have Jordan pick one. Uh, helmet sticker for me goes to Isaiah Pacheco. I thought he uh, ran pretty hard, made some nice runs in that game. Um Solid, steady, physical. I mean, you want to talk about physicality and setting a tone. He still, he at least gets downhill a little bit, and I really appreciate about that. That about him. So uh, Isaiah Pacheco, you get my helmet sticker. Matthew, who's your butt slapping a good job? Dre Smith. Uh, spent a little bit of time early in the year, middle of the year, talking about. I think he not necessarily regressed, just wasn't playing as good. And it, we theorized maybe it was hurt, something was going on. I think the past couple of weeks he's been actually he's been really good. He looks like the same guy. Uh, Aaron Donald, yeah, Aaron Donald chopped him down to the ground a few times. Aaron, Aaron Donald's gonna do that, okay? Like we all remember Chris Jones doing that to uh, Nick Martin or Zach Martin, best you know offensive line that we've almost seen in the last decade. It's gonna happen versus the elites, but 
the those highlight Trey Smith plays are back. My he put DJ Reader, who was one a, a phenomenal run stuffing defensive tackle, two was somehow the best pass rusher in this game between these two teams. He put him on his back eight yards downfield on a run in this game. Like that doesn't happen. Trey Smith's back to what he was. He looks healthier. He's bullying guys. He's putting guys in the ground, and he's not being. He's not making the same mental lapses or the big negative plays like he did in the middle of the chunk of the year. So I don't know if he's healthier. I don't know if he's just kind of dialed in, but he's playing a lot better. And I think the Chiefs needed that. And I don't think it's a coincidence. The run game has gotten a little bit better as he started to get a little bit better. As long as we're on the run game, my whole ass bottle of vodka is going to Noah Gray. Noah Gray on the move a lot recently as a kickout blocker, running some of that zone insert stuff that we saw him run at the end of the year as well. Pacheco is thriving with those runs. Uh, it, it's more of the zone stuff that we're not seeing as many great yards out of Pacheco, although they're still there on occasion. Some of the more explosive stuff that we're seeing, Noah Gray's coming back across the formation, sealing guys off. I mean, that was one of the things that we talked about that he needed to work on, that he needed to get better at. I think we're seeing a better player in that regard this season, and they're using him more. It, it, again, still sporadic. It's not often enough to run more concepts like that. But when they do run him, and he's the guy that's kind of leading and kicking stuff out, it works, and it works really well. So whole-ass bottle of vodka for doing the dirty work for Noah Gray on this week. I want to give up, before we give the game ball out, I want to give a shout-out to Matthew. I want to give a shout-out to Clayton. I want to shout-out Carter. Uh, they all just bought raffle tickets uh, per Christian Gunn. Again, yeah. we, are we are $1,200 short of $20,000 to Operation Breakthrough. I cannot believe how wonderfully generous you all have been. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, if you're listening to this after we go live, there's still some chances to enter this raffle. To, uh, tons and tons and tons of prizes. I believe we even added a few more today. Um, $20 for one ticket, 10 tickets gets you a hundred, uh, $100 gets you 10 tickets. And uh, all the proceeds are going towards Operation Breakthrough. So um, please consider donating. If you haven't, it is almost up. Uh, it's almost over. Uh, MVS had the 42-yard bomb. That is our game ball. Dean Chiefs 17. I think that's a nice one, especially bouncing back after the drop in the end zone. So. I don't even know what to do with that guy now. I, the highs and lows are too much for me. I, I have enough of that with the Chiefs in general. I don't know what to do with MVS <laughs> on a game-by-game -game basis. I really don't. That's... That's a positive note to end on. That's going to do it for the KC Laboratory. Thank you all so much. Go donate to the Solo KC Raffle. Win some prizes. We appreciate y'all. We'll catch you later. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.